Yo, 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 yo. Yo, yo, yo. It's higher learning. Thought Warriors. It is I, Van Lake. What's up, guys? It's me, Rachel Lindsay. Okay, so let's get into a couple of things. Number one, Rachel, how was your weekend? It was Halloween. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> so Halloween. let's just get into it. See, I'm asking I, you weekend I had a great weekend until it wasn't. Uh, so I had a friend come in town from Texas. I hadn't seen her in a couple of years. And I went to dinner mm-hmm. with her and a brother and her, bro- and her sister-in-law. Great time catching up. Then Saturday, my sister, you know, she's been staying with me six weeks and counting, mm-hmm. treated me to a lovely spa day out in Westlake. Oh, very nice. Um, so that was very nice. Four then, seasons. Four seasons. Mm-hmm. And then I... Came home and got dressed because my friend had invited me to a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this is great. It was her friend's party. It was a private party. And I thought, okay, let's do this. So I go with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. If y'all can see Van's face, he's just eating it. I go with, eating this up. I just go with a group of friends. We get there. They're like, oh, masks are required. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. I'm wearing my mask. Get to the step and repeat. Take my mask off for the picture. Walk upstairs. And I'm like, whoa. Mm. That is not what I signed up for. Mm. I thought we were going to a private party, which it was private. But um, I thought we were going to more of a gathering. Mm-hmm. Not quite what I walked into. You ever, you ever think something's going to be one way and then it turns out to be something different? That mm-hmm. was me. Mm-hmm. So I left. So what's happening is and why Van is smiling and why Van is laughing is because Bachelor Nation, you know, love, hate relationship, got to love them. But people have been coming at me because they saw a picture of me in front of the step and repeat with a group of friends without a mask. That's all they saw. OK, but they're the gr- people who continued and stayed at this party. You see pictures of them at a concert. I mean, not pictures, video of them at a packed video. place and a concert. Where was Rachel in the video? They, you weren't in the video. Thank you. Right. Thank you. So, so people are calling me a hypocrite, calling, saying I was uh, participating in a super spreader event. And I just really find this interesting <laughs> because, oh, yeah, I find it interesting because One, like some people were telling me, and shout out to Amanda who wrote me and I had a nice conversation with in my chat. She was like, you should come out and make a statement. And my thing is, is why do I need to come out and make a statement? At this point, people have already made up their minds and it doesn't matter what my truth is. Mm. You know, in hindsight, I probably should have said, you know, like it... I just assumed what it was going to be rather than walking in because I didn't even know you could have parties like that. I'm going to be honest with you. So anyways, um, but but I left and people see a picture and they've created an entire narrative and are telling me how I spent my evening mm-hmm. rather than listening to what actually happened. Mm. But um, yeah, that's so, it. So somebody hit me up. I'm not going to say the name. No, but, say the name. No, hey, I go say ahead, the name. Put, see, I no. like, I'll, I'll say a name. No, somebody hit me up and they got like, unreal how Rachel was at this party after being vocal about taking COVID serious. And then they sent me uh, a video, but I couldn't tell. The video was weird. Like, it started moving and you weren't in it. I'm like, she's not there. It's like, she's in the group pit far left, and then you see the same thing with her in the video. And then I'm like, oh, shit. That is her. And then... Uh, in the picture. 
in the picture. And then it yeah. says, you can see Christina and Whitney. I don't know who they are. There are two of my friends from The Bachelor. That One uh, of them is to invite me to the party. Like Christina and Whitney, and then boom. And then, because when you look at this video, it starts to get the turn up. It's a nigga on a, like a, somebody's performing. Sway Lee. Sway Lee. So Sway Lee performed. And and there's people in there, and they like he's performing. They're not wearing masks. They really turned up. 99% of the people in there did not. I was extremely uncomfortable. And I'm and I'm looking at I'm looking at uh I'm looking in the video for you and I couldn't find you in the video. And then I saw you in that picture and I was like, yo, yo, Rachel, like it, it was weird because it was almost like it was your own version of the Amy Coney Barrett get together at the White House, you know, where Chris <laughs> well, they weren't honoring Emma, me. They weren't Chris Christie, the event was not for me. It wasn't for you, but it was kind of like Rachie Coney Barrett a little bit. That's kind of what I was thinking. And then this I was like, This is why they love you. This is why they love you. And then you know what happened? What? This is what happened. Just as I was getting to my most devious little brother mindset, I thought about something. I said, there has got to be a story. And I, I, and that's more what I wanted more than anything. I was like, there's no way. There's a point. I think people need to understand this. There's a point to where you get to know someone, to where you know that there's got to be more to it. There's got to, is, I'm like, there's no fucking way. And then I noticed that at, at, in the videos where they were showing the people inside of the party turning up, you weren't in those videos. And I was like, oh. You know, maybe she took a picture and then she left. Or maybe, you know, she had her own booth. Oh, I walked in and I saw it. Right. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Right. I saw, I definitely saw it, you know, and I'm not, uh, I'm not. And well, thank you for not being a devious brother, even though, you know, you tried it with the Rachel Coney Barrett. I'll give, I'll give you that. I'll give you uh, two points for your creativity there. But it, I think what's just disheartening is, how quickly people will turn on you. And it's like, you're such a hypocrite. You're a disappointment. You're this. And it's like, <laughs> I clear, I can get how you can say, oh, well, she was in that picture. Oh, maybe she, she, was, she was there. But as I told Amanda when I was talking to her, I was like, listen, I can give a statement, but people have already made up their minds on it. So mm. I'm not here to defend myself. I can just simply tell you what the deal was. Like, mm. I, I even went and told my boss because I was like, you know, I feel like just be, when I was there and I walked in, I felt disgusting. Like I came home, I took a shower. I was like, I think I'm going to wait a couple of days. I'm going to go get tested. Like I wanted her to know that I was like, I was at least there. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> like I can't be. It was more shocking because I'm going to tell you, Van, you see people talking about these super spreader events. You hear it. You hear about these parties in L.A. that are getting shut down. It's a whole nother thing to see it. I mean, people don't care. It was hot. It was on three floors and you could go outside. Um, but where that like that like area where the, the concert was, and this is what happened. The DJ goes like, I walk in, DJ's like, hey, everybody's got to come down to this floor uh, before uh, the uh, performance happens. I was like, out. Right, right. But it was, I'm, I'm telling you, you watch it and you were like, this is why COVID's going to continue. It was a, it's crazy. Someone yeah. said to me, well, nobody's dying our age. And I go, oh. and I was like, I literally have had a friend who died. 
Yeah. So it's yeah. disappointing when people are like, Rachel doesn't take this stuff seriously. And I'm like, you guys, I literally walked into something I was not expecting at all. This stuff. It's like people have invited me to parties. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I'll go over to like a friend's house, a couple of people. Like tomorrow night, um, I'll be hanging out with the great Tommy Alter at his place. Tommy. Like, and it'll be probably four or five people there. You know, we, we sit yeah. around, we watch, you know, probably something like that. It'll be, you know, around that. Um, but people invite me to stuff like mansion parties downtown and stuff like that. And my response when people invite me to stuff like that is, fuck you. Now, that's because those are things that I know what's going on. I know right. that if you're having a mansion party, it's going to be... 60 to 100 people there and all of that stuff like that. I just don't want to do that, you know? Uh, but I've been in that same situation. I've been to places where people are like, yo, Van, come through. We about to... And then you you walk up in there and when you get up in there, it's like 30, 35 people in there. And I'm like, eh, I'm out. You know, yeah. it happens. But it's... it's uh, so like, you know, I, I get it. But it was just funny because... It's funny to me that something happens with you and then people come to me. I, I, it's not just funny. It's delightful in a lot of ways. <laughs> well, you've already said you're petty. So people yeah. know if I send it to Van, Rachel can't ignore it because Van is going to bring it up, which I wasn't going to. When you right. a- I knew you were going to ask me about Halloween and what I did. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. But can I talk about how fire my costume was that I just like made from home? Simple, but made a statement. Yeah, it's one of those costumes that really, really works if you tell people who you are. Well, I wasn't long enough at the party for people to say, who are you? Right. <laughs> people I was with, I was, they knew I was Janet. But. Right. So you like, it, 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 it really, really works. But then it's not just one of those ones because it's not top of mind. You know, we mm-hmm. haven't thought about that version of Janet for a while. But once you say you're like, oh shit, you nailed that. You know what I mean? So the two different types of Halloween costumes. One Halloween costume is, is that uh, you know, you 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 nail it, and then everyone knows what you are because it's something like everybody's talking about or something like that. But then the other one is like, 
They ask you who you are, and then they go, oh, shit, I get it. Do you know who I was going to go as, but I didn't go? Who? I was going to be Van Jones for oh Halloween. Oh, my God. That would have been so good. Yeah. What happened? Well, me and Van Jones had a talk a couple of <laughs> <laughs> a little while ago. And I'm going to talk more about that talk that me and Van Jones had because it, it wasn't... Does he want to come on the podcast? He's going to come on. He says he's going to come on after the election. But okay, uh, Van Jones and I had a discussion and, you know, we talked as men. And okay. there are some, you know, there's some things there. So I didn't want to, you know, go ahead and, 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 and ratchet that up and go as Van Jones and stuff like that because people have... But different. that would have been so good. So perfect. So good. So perfect to me as Van Jones. So perfect. Um, now, look, there are a lot of topics that we could potentially talk about. Yeah. On this podcast. Where you where a you want to start? A lot of topics. Well, I'm gonna ask a question. Oh, okay. It is as we record this, 3 36 p.m. Mm-hmm. on the Monday before the election. Yeah. As people are hearing this, they might be waiting in line to vote. Mm-hmm. They might be on their way to go vote. They maybe have already voted and they're somewhere looking at the results as they come streaming into uh, the television networks. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm nervous. Yeah. And I'm, I, I have anxiety. Yep. Question is very simple. What if Trump wins? Okay, is your question asking me what I what what happens to me and how I feel? Or are you saying like just in general, like what happens, like what does the day after tomorrow look like? No. Is that the right day? I'm, what does Wednesday I'm, look like? I'm asking you, what if Trump wins? If we weren't in COVID, I would I would need a vacation. I would have to leave for a second. Like I would, I would truly escape. Uh, but here's the thing, Van, what can you do? Right. He's elected as the president of the United States, depending on how close the election is, maybe it'll be fought in court. Um, and we can wait and see what happens with that. But we saw what happened in 2000, where the person who it was called for is the person who ended up getting it. So there's not really much hope that comes with that. What do you do? You continue to, do you protest? He's still going to be the president. Do you, I mean, like what, what, like do we talk about it on the podcast? He's still going to be the president. I mean, I, I literally think the, I might have a, a breakdown and you probably won't see me on air the next day. Like, I don't know how, I don't know mentally what I'm going to be able to do, but as a country, like what kind of effect can I have if Trump is elected? Hmm. So I think that's an important question for everyone out there right now who is hoping that Biden-Harris pull this off. I think it's an important question to ask yourself. We, You're looking at polling. I'll be honest with you. No, I'm serious. You're looking at polling and all of the polling points to um, a pretty low likelihood that Donald Trump wins. Okay. However, there's not one pollster that you talk to one pundit that you talk to that puts it out of the realm of possibility that there's a repeat from 2016. Right. The question that I ask is, what do we do if Donald Trump wins? 
And the reason why I ask that is because we have to do something. When you say, what can you do? I understand. But the question is, what do we do? There's got to be a way. There has to be something that we can do to continue to fight as the people that we are, to continue to build coalitions, to, to, to attempt to change America. On either side of the equation, what happens tomorrow or today, as you're listening, just simply cannot be the end. If Biden and Harris win, it is only the beginning of a prodigious job that they have to do in terms of bringing, bringing some sort of healing and reconciliation to the most battle-weary country I've ever seen in my 40 years. So the question is, and the question that I feel like no one's really been asking because we've been so invested, is what do we do if, in fact, Trump wins the election? I'll tell you why nobody's asking that question. One, because I don't think anyone has the answer to it, right? You ask, what do you do? I can't tell you specifically what can we do. Can you? You know, I think it's a, it's a, do you have an answer? No, I mean, I okay. have thoughts, but not I, an answer. I think that people are scared to ask themselves that question because we don't want to picture the what if. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to manifest that. I don't want to put that type of energy out there. I know you should mental, you should prepare for the worst, mm-hmm. but I don't want to put that out there. So I think a lot of people have come from that mindset of, I don't even want to think of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I also think that you have to ask yourself the, that same question if it is Biden-Harris, because you can't expect that the world's going to change and things are going to stop just because the candidates that you want get into office. That's all like, do you still have to have a plan? Okay, so what do we do to enforce the things that they promised us were going to happen under their administration? Either way it goes, there's got to be some type of plan. It's scary. I I agree. I, I guess the reason why I'm saying this is, you know, we talk about going to get medical stuff done. You're having a weird feeling. You dread the diagnosis. But once the diagnosis is here, you need a plan of action. And sometimes you can only really do that after. Um, and another reason why I ask that question, after you get the bad news, should I say, another reason why I ask that question is because I don't ever want to be in this position again. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be in the position again where one election is so high leverage to where I feel like the fabric of my soul will be decimated if it doesn't go the right way. We always have to be ready. As people who love freedom, justice, equality, and a functional American government, we always have to be ready to go forward and assert ourselves in this country. And there needs to be a plan to do it. And I think that over the last, and this is myself as well, this is myself more than anyone, I'm checking polling from all over the place, man. I'm looking at the up-to-the-minute polls in North Carolina and Florida and Pennsylvania and Arizona. I'm comparing trends from fucking 1988 to trends now. I'm looking back to what Hillary won, what Hillary lost. How's she doing with uh, suburban white women over 65 who were born below the Mason-Dixon line after midnight who have gray hairs, but also, like, I'm looking, I'm doing all of it. You know what I mean? 
But I'm not thinking about what happens if we wake up Wednesday or Thursday or Friday with another four years of Trump's America. I mean, I, I mean, I, you're like, alone. you know, so like I was thinking maybe I would move to Canada, but the reality is I probably won't. Borders are closed. Right. So can't even get there. Can't even get that. I, I probably won't. So we'll still be here. And either we can be frustrated and we can be destroyed or we can be active and we can be heard. And I don't know what that looks like, but I am kicking myself right now for not having prepared for it more. But how could, but Van, you can't do that because how could you have prepared? What truly, like, what could you have done prior to this day to prepare for the possibility of another Trump uh, administration for the, for, for the next four years? What could you have done? Honestly. Well, I mean, look, there, there, there are a couple of things I feel like I could have done. Number one, I could have been more engaged and I will be more engaged either way with grassroots organizations that are going to have to exist in the same capacity that they exist in right now, no matter who the president is. So even if the president even if Biden wins, there are organizations right now that are still going to be dedicated to fighting some of the same social ills uh, that have existed in our communities and in American communities for generations. And that work is going to continue to, to, to be done. And you're going to have to do that work no matter who's in the White House. And so I, I think that there needed to be, and really, in terms of what we're going to do as a voting block, what we're going to do as a people, um, I don't know how I really get past my feelings about the Trump administration, but we can't ever sit it out four years in terms of progress. The country no. can't. Uh, I'm not saying, by the way, I'm I'm not saying that Donald Trump has, I'm not saying that I know anything. The odds are, the overwhelming odds are that Donald Trump loses. That, that, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris win. The overwhelming odds are. But I just feel a little way from having had an almost religious belief uh, in the fact that, you know, one side had to win in order for us to save the world. And that very well, well may be true. Well, what I hope doesn't happen is that in 2016, we saw that people, you know, there are 100 million people who did not vote. And this time, there are historic numbers with the early voting, and we're seeing people vote in ways that, in numbers that they haven't before. Sure. before. And if change doesn't happen, what I don't want is for people to be discouraged and truly think, well, we did all of this. We had all this momentum and nothing right. still happened. Right. That's the worst thing that we could do is go backwards. If sure. anything, this is just showing that... So. In answer, in response to what we can do, if anything, this is just showing that our work is not done and you're going to have to continue to try harder. Because even if Biden Harris get office, get in office, they're not going to change the world or the country overnight. You're still going to have to fight for the things that you want. And um, I knew I was going to lose my train of thought. And um, oh, damn it. I feel like I had a really good point. It's going to come to you. It always does. It always does. Stop saying that. It's not coming. <laughs> this, it always does. Leave this in the podcast, by the way. Rachel losing her train of thought because sometimes the blood cots that you get from exposure to COVID 
Sometimes the, those can stop your cognitive. Oh, please let me remember. Like, like leave this in. Leave this in. Just so we know, you know, Amy, Rachie Coney Barrett going out there and having it and being at the suit. It's, it's happening right now. Look at her. It's it's happening. Look, she's 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 pointing her head right now. The whole deal. I can't, you're, you're saying too much. I can't remember. It's something about Biden and them in office. All right. Um, all day. Rach, what, what year gone. is it right now? What year is it? It's 2020. Okay, there you go. Just making sure. I'm back. I'm Just back. Just making sure. Guys. Right. <laughs> it happens to people. Uh yeah, but it uh, you know, it it it's interesting. You know, we I I've been obsessing so much about all of this. And it's so difficult to surrender. It's so difficult to give your spirit up. It's so difficult to not continuously ponder the worst case scenario for me. It's so hard. It's so, it's almost impossible. And in this, I never even thought, but here, well, here it is. We're right here after all of this time. And it's going, it's only going to go one or two ways. And never mind that when you drive around Los Angeles, you see businesses boarding up. Right. Ominous expecting, expecting widespread unrest, expecting it. So either way, either either, way, either way, either way, either way, it's tough. Guys, if you can hear what we're talking about, man, you know, if you're out there, we got to get control of America. Something happened to me this morning. Oh, you got it. Here it comes. <laughs> what what happened? Tell me. It was something you said about now now the the moment has passed, but I just for all those who are, you know, against me at the moment for this this weekend activities, I just want you to know that it did come back to my mind. Mm-hmm. You talked about we got to get control and what I was saying is is that even when Biden and Harris get into office, we are still a divided country. Yeah. And so when you talk about what we need to do, it's we need to figure out how we come back together because them being in office is not going to bring us back. We're still going to be extremely, extremely divided. And we need to figure out how we can start working together with different views. We need to get back to that place. And I don't see that happening under this current administration because of what has been built over the last four years. And people are just feeling emboldened and empowered to be overtly racist uh, or, you know, just, just at odds with one another uh, for different reasons. So I, 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 I'm going, this was all to go into what else we can do. We have to figure out a way to work together and not be so against one another. And even though that moment has passed, I just want to say, I'm very proud of myself for finding my way back to that thought and yeah. remembering what it is that I was going to say. I'm happy you're healthy. Um, so I did something really weird on my walk this morning. You know, uh, my anxiety is super bad in the morning, so I cannot function for the rest of the day if I don't take a walk as soon as I wake up. So as soon as I wake up, I have to take a walk and burn off the anxiety. So I saw a police cruiser. Mm -hmm. Police cruiser was sitting there. And I just walk over to the cops in the police cruiser. Like, yo, can I talk to y'all for a second? And they're like, yeah. Now, here's the thing. I don't like the cops. I don't, okay. think, I don't think that the police force is, at this point, um, a useful organization for black people. 
I think that far too often we see the cops escalating things that that could have been de-escalated. Far too often we see the worst case scenario coming out. I think the cops need to be, uh, at the very least, wholesale reformed, probably more likely dismantled and then reassembled in some other version of public safety. But something has to happen. We can't keep going on like this. But I walked over there and I I looked at the guy and it was a white guy sitting in there with a younger Asian lady who was a cop. And I looked at him and I could tell he was trepidatious because, you know, here's coming a big big black guy coming up to his police cruiser. What is he going to say? What is he going to do? So I looked at him and I was like, yo, do you care what's going on? Hmm. Straight up. I promise you this happened. I was like, do you care? Does it even... And he was like, you mean with everything this summer and everything? And he's a very nice guy. I was like, yeah. I was like... And she went, yeah, I care. The 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 younger cop, she was mm-hmm. much younger. The older cop was like, uh, of course I care. I was like, of course I care. I was like, well... I was like, I was involved in everything that went on this summer. And I mean, I meant everything that I said down to the abolishing and the defunding and all of that. He goes, I get it. I understand. And I'm like, what, like, what do you, when you say that you care, what do you care about? He said, I care, you know, that the way we're looked at, it's like, I'm really not the bad guy. And I'm not about to say that I walked away singing Kumbaya uh, or thinking or, or or having changed anything, you know, I told them to be safe. I told them that I don't wish that anything happened to them. And I certainly don't wish that anything happens to us. Mm-hmm. But what I did think was there is a shit ton of work to be done. And you cannot do the work it's just very hard to build a cabin with a sword. Like you need a hammer. You need nails. You need shovels. You can try to build it with a gun. You can try to build it with a sword. You can try to build it, you know, with some some nunchucks. It's going to be difficult. It's going to take a long time and you might hurt yourself. So I just hope that no matter what happens tomorrow or whenever that we are equipping ourselves with the right tools to build what it is that we want to build. Mm-hmm. And we have the right leaders and the right thought leaders to equip us with those tools. And by the way, those tools that I'm, I'm talking about, you might have to use them to dismantle some things. And that's going to be hard for a lot of people too. But I don't know. The tools are very important and we can't stop trying to forge those if the election tomorrow doesn't go our way. Hmm. I agree with you. Did talking to the cops ease your anxiety? I think it, it didn't ease my anxiety, but there's something about Van that is very specific. Is that I don't do well with resentment. Like I, I don't think everybody does. Mm, some people like it. Some people fuck with it. Some people like to be vindictive, and some people like to be, you know whatever, but I don't do well with it. Like if you can, for for me, it's just better for me to, to just talk and say, Hey, look, 
boom, here it is. This is the way I felt, whatever, whatever. And just leave it so that I can move on unencumbered. Yeah. I'm proud of you for having your own version of uncomfortable conversations. With 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 white cops. But see, he did what he did, but I'll tell you something though. Here's the thing. This is different between me and Emmanuel. There's when a Ema- there's a there's a lot different between lot you and Emmanuel. <laughs> but when Emmanuel does it, he does it with a really low body fat. And that's the two differences between me and me. I do it with a little jiggle. That nigga comes <laughs> in, that nigga, like it's sometimes hard. Tell you know what? When we get Emmanuel on here, sometimes wear regular clothes to it. Like wear like a bomber jacket or something. That's just not how he dresses. I know, but that's like, it's very... You tell him to not be himself. You can be too fucking swole. (laughs) You tell the man not to be himself. You can be be too fucking swole to have a serious conversation. (laughs) Please lead with that when we have him on the show. Yeah, like the question that I want to ask him is like, my G, do you ever feel like you're too swole to touch on some of these issues? Because <laughs> it's not, it's, you know, it's, I just want to know, do you ever feel like you just, maybe you bitch too much? Because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him and he's making great points and having a great conversation. I'm like, how much that nigga squat? That nigga swole as hell. <laughs> so you're distracted. He distracted. I'm distracted. You. Right. I'm, it's, it's distracting. It's distracting. But, uh, but no, nah, he does a fantastic job. Uh, now, so... I hope that everybody gets out and vote. Uh, and I hope that Please. the work that the work that we have to do is with the Biden-Harris campaign and not with the Trump campaign because I'm ready for this fucking shit to be over. But I want to say this. It, you were upset uh, about the Halloween party, right? When you saw it, which yeah. tells me that you were in Los Angeles. Do you know why? Why? I don't know if you got the news flash, but COVID does not exist in Atlanta. Uh, well, that's why my sister came here because she wanted to go to a place where COVID does exist and mm. not run away from one where it doesn't. She should have stayed in Atlanta she because COVID, stayed. no COVID in Atlanta. And I think that we got a little insight. Shout out to the homie T.I. T.I. Yeah. was talking to, uh, T.I. was talking to Speedy this, from her. <laughs> this is the, is, is this dumb segment? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Is this dumb? Shout out to T.I. Let's do it. Is this dumb? Yeah. Okay. So it, uh, T.I. was talking to Speedy. Speedy does great interviews from over there uh, in Complex. Speedy had that classic moment with Ray J not too long ago. Shout out to uh, T.I. T.I. was drinking tea and Speedy asked T.I. He said to T.I., he said, so three teas a day keeps the COVID away. And this is what T.I. responded. COVID starts in the throat. If you catch it while it's still in the throat and you drink warm liquids, the warm liquid wash it down to the stomach with the stomach acid, then kill it. I'd rather boost my immune system to defend me against COVID should I come in contact with it rather than wear a mask and hide in fear of coming in contact. Okay. (laughs) I I have no words, man. Okay. Okay. Just, okay. Okay. It's okay. Let's just, first of all, I fuck with T.I. That's my homie. Fuck, I fuck with him. I fuck with him. So in order to kind of, let's just have a, a science conversation. From fuck that. Fuck anything else. Fuck our personal opinions. Let's just talk science. Okay. 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 A science conversation. Let's do it. Okay. So let's take some of these claims. Number one, 
Does hot liquid kill COVID? Forget about how you feel about who made this, this who made does hot liquid kill COVID? Rachel, is that true or false? Um, I would say false. False. Okay. So people used to say, I, I just <laughs> I want everyone to know. Okay. People used to say that the COVID is in your throat, you wash it down to your belly, the stomach acids kill the COVID. Okay. People were saying that for a long time. That's not true. All right. It says that's not true. This is COVID, not fucking heartburn. Right. All right. However, is it true that drinking certain teas can boost your immune system and help you fight COVID? I don't know. Wait, but here's the thing. I don't even want to answer that question. I don't even want to answer that question because that's playing into the stupid statement that he made. I'm not... Because you're giving him an out because he can be like, well, that's what I meant. I'm not giving him an out. What I'm saying is that the very importance of when you're talking about some shit, you got to know what you're talking about all the way through. And so while it is true, because I'm going to be honest with you, and, and here's the fucked up part. You wake up in the morning and you say, I'm going to take turmeric, I'm going to take zinc, I'm going to take magnesium, I'm going to take all of these things, and then I'm okay. not going to wear a mask. You can't do that. Right. You got to take turmeric and you got to take zinc and you got to take vitamin D and you got to do it and you got to wear a mask, right? Right. So one is not a substitute for the other. And also, the magnesium and the zinc and the two, they're not going to kill the COVID. They're going to better prepare your body right. to fight the COVID. Right. However, some of, those, some of those teas will help boost your, boost your immune system to help you fight off different colds. So he's not wrong about that. He's just wrong about the fact that the tea will kill the COVID and then you don't have to wear a mask. And not only is he wrong, but that's so dangerous, Tip. That's, oh, that's it. <laughs> no, that's, go ahead. <laughs> that's your boy. And I uh, like T.I. too, but come damn. on. That's there so was no dangerous. sarcasm. There was sarcasm in the in what was said with the three T's a day makes the COVID go away. T.I.'s response was real. That was matter <laughs> of fact. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. But it is funny. <laughs> it, 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 it is funny. It's very funny. It's funny because it's like, damn. It's crazy. Did you see T.I. and Dave Chappelle going back and forth on the gram? Was Dave it about Chappelle? this? It was kind of about COVID. Dave Chappelle was telling people you got to wear masks and stuff like that. Like, you guys, look, it's nothing to wear the mask. Just wear the mask, man. Just, but what are you fighting for? What are you fighting for to not wear a mask? I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. And 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 going back to what you said about T.I. And, and just being irresponsible and you got too big of a platform. We laugh about it because it sounds so stupid, but there's a mm -hmm. whole audience of people who are like, well, you know what? I'm going to try what T.I. said. T.I. is, a, is, is a, an intelligent, outspoken man. I'm going to I'm going to trust in what he says. He might he's been around. He might know what it is that he's talking about. That's dangerous. And you know that it's killing our people at a disproportionate rate than it is for white Americans. So or just white people. So why would you use your platform to say that? Just mm. loud and wrong. Yeah. It's just, it, it was kind of funny though. Because you're watching Tip, it, it, it was kind of funny. Because you're watching Tip, you're watching Tip explain this and you're like, God damn, this nigga for real? But no, you guys, here's the thing. I'm specifically to the black community. I, 
you know what we never talk about? What? We never talk about the fact that there is ample reason for the black community to be distrustful of science. Okay. Seriously, there, there is. And it, it, you know, you talk about the Tuskegee experiment and sort of how different organizations have preyed on the black community and all of those things like that. And, you know, if your grandmother sits you down and tells you, hey, well, there's a, there was an experiment back in the day. Don't listen to that doctor. There was an experiment back in the day where they took all of these black men and they told them that they were going to cure their syphilis and then they didn't do it. And they just watched how the syphilis ravaged their bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Or when you hear black women talk about the fact that, you know, they have to be much more aggressive with their doctors when they're telling them that there's something wrong with them because doctors think in some way black women are stronger during pregnancy than other people are and they don't listen. So the whole phenomenon of black people not listening to uh, things that come from white authority, I get it. There's historical precedent for it. But I'm telling you right now, just wear the fucking mask, man. Just wear the fucking mask. I get it. Fauci not trying to hurt y'all. Fauci, Fauci's not trying to hurt a fucking soul, man. These doctors have been dedicated to this stuff. This is what they do. Just wear the mask. Tip, bro, wear your mask. You got a family. We need you out here. Here's the stupid thing. If it was that easy, T.I., then everybody would be doing it, right? Everybody would wake up and take their three three teas a day so they could beat off COVID. When you talk about it in such simple terms, all you got to do is drink, drink tea three times a day. No, if it was that easy, we'd all be doing it and there wouldn't be 225,000 of Americans that have died of it. Like, stop. It's so irresponsible and it's disrespectful to the lives that have been lost and the families that have been um, affected by it. That's crazy how you said that, by the way. What? So they could beat off COVID. That's... <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> yeah, you were like, people so they could beat off COVID. That's like, COVID probably somewhere going, yeah, man, so, so I'm fucking with that, you know? <laughs> Beating off COVID, yeah. That's crazy. Rach, you, you clean it up. By the way, I gotta, I, I, gotta be, I gotta be honest with you, Rach. I gotta be honest with you. Aren't you always? The, if the Bachelor people love you so much, why are they always I- coming for your neck? They don't they love me that much. They're for your neck. I just they, got another DM with them fucking pictures. They're they coming don't for love, your neck, Rach. But that's what I'm trying to get you to understand. They don't. I'm outspoken. They hold me to an impossible standard and they are ready to pounce anytime I do something that's in, in, in anything off the beaten path, right? While mm-hmm. in, in other ways, you can be completely mediocre and they praise you and put you on a pedestal. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Right. I'm just saying. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. They love um, to hate me. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. 
car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. They love to hate you. Do you? And what about the Cowboys? Really, Van? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Not even, not even on the rundown. Just not even. The Cowboys are awful. At this point, Cowboys need to tank, 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 tank. Let's get, well, I don't want to say get ourselves a new qu- a quarterback because I don't want to see Dak go, but we need to tank so we can do something to get ourselves some draft picks. We need to repair this defense. We can't defend the run. We're completely awful. We have no offense. I just, I, I don't even know where to start with the Cowboys. I thought we had it when we had that big uh, sack of fumble mm-hmm. on Wentz, and then it was, it, there was nothing yeah, after that. There was nothing. What, uh, what were your, uh, what are your thoughts about Lil Wayne and what he was able to accomplish this past weekend? And, and by the way, this like we we recorded the podcast and then Lil Wayne did this the day after. I know it's old news now. Yeah. But what well, are your thoughts? I just feel like everything I'm talking about right now has been a disappointment. Every mm-hmm. every topic that we talked about on this podcast, I'm just disappointed. I'm constantly disappointed in people, or people are disappointed in me. I, I Wayne. So what people don't no, maybe know about me is I love Wayne. I, I mean, like I'm talking, tearing out the magazine pictures, lining my wall up with pictures of Wayne everywhere. Really? Yes. They used to call, call me Lil Wayne. I just, I, in track, I mm-hmm. love Wayne. Mm-hmm. So it's so disappointing to me to see things like this. He's just fallen off in a way that I like, can't even, I, 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 the love that I used to have for Wayne hasn't existed for a while, but to see Wayne come out and even though they're saying it wasn't an, an endorsement of Trump, he still sat down and met with Trump, which if I'm four Ice, days before the election, how does not, how's that Cube, not an endorsement? Yeah. Cause he's saying, he's saying it's not an endorsement because he didn't say go vote for Trump, but he's saying, you know, he sat down with Trump and he listened to the platinum plan and Trump is trying to, he's assured him that he's going to get it done. If I'm Ice Cube and, and you really feel like you went to talk to the president to really do something for the contract for Black America and then Wayne comes behind you and co-signs it and does this, it really makes what you did seem like you were endorsing Trump. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if mm. Cube is if Cube is standing by what he said and what he did and why he did it, when you have somebody that like Wayne who hops on the coattails and and explains it in a different way, it really takes away from what it is that you were trying to do. If I'm Cube, I would regret he should have regretted it before, but I would definitely be regretting meeting with the president at this point. But Wayne I mean, this isn't the first time Wayne has disappointed us this year when he has he's come out. He said the Black Lives Matter movement isn't he doesn't connect with it. It doesn't resonate with him. He doesn't get it. And he's also come out and talked about cops in, in, in favor of cops and talks about how cops, a cop saved his life, a white cop. So should I be surprised that this is happening four days before the election? No. Am I disappointed? Yes. Do I hope people realize that Wayne is not somebody you should trust, somebody you should believe in, and somebody you should um, 
yeah, somebody you should follow what they're doing. You should not be following their lead. I, I'm hoping that's the case. But what do you think? You that he's from your area. Yeah, he's from you Wayne. You Wayne head. Huge. Like I started Still? listening to Wayne. Yeah. I mean, look. No. I mean, I mean, Wayne hasn't really been. Wayne. And it's not to diss him. He hasn't, he hasn't been, been musically Wayne. relevant in a long time, but he still gets busy when he when, when it's time. I mean, so some years ago, Wayne said that he had never experienced racism. Do you remember that? Yes. He said he had never experienced racism. I, I don't know what racism looks like. I never really experienced racism. It's interesting when people say things like that. So Wayne is, um, Wayne is probably in the way that he analyzes racism, he's probably not wrong about that. So if you guys know a little bit about Lil Wayne's story, when he's seven or eight years old or something like that, baby sees him rapping, baby takes Wayne under his wing. Wayne gets put in a group called the BGs, the baby gangsters with BG and Wayne. That's like early on, he's maybe 11 or 12 there. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't split that group up. By the time Wayne is 14, he is probably the most talented member of the Hot Boys, not the hottest. You had Juvie, you had BG, you had Turk, but he's, I always liked Wayne the most in the Hot Boys. This is 96, so he's 14, I'm like 16. Mm-hmm. And the Hot Boys are by far at that time my favorite group, listening to everything. So I listened to Wayne pretty much from that point all the way through when he went through a little, little down spell when 500 Degrees came out. Because he had the block as high was his first joint. 500 Degrees came out. People weren't really fucking with him that much then. And then all of a sudden, he had this creative awakening. And then here comes the Carter. And then you have a slow build to Wayne being the biggest rap star in the world. Okay. So I want to take people through everything that we just talked about. We talked about someone who basically lived a different life than the people in his, um, in his, uh, in his community because he was almost adopted by a black Philip Drummond when he, before he, became 10 years old. All right. right. So that's a little different, right? Sure. Right. So a lot of the racism that you would just see from being around or maybe having to deal with the police or maybe having to to deal with people in your school or something like that, a lot of the, hey, you're a nigger type stuff, maybe Wayne didn't deal with that. All right. But I'll tell you why a statement like that is evidence that Wayne doesn't know what the fuck that he's talking about enough for you to listen to him. The reason being is because Wayne is from Hollygrove, mm-hmm. right? So he's from a project down in New Orleans, right? Um, and there is no way for you to understand what racism really is and come from there and say that you've never seen racism. The entire reason that that exists And the people that are around you that grew up with you, the ones that have died, the ones that have killed, the ones that have been put in all of those depraved situations, it's because of racism. Now, what you should really say is you don't really understand what systemic racism looks like, right? You don't, you can't fathom what it is. You know whether or not somebody calls you a nigger or beats you up because you're black but you don't know what racism in action, the dynamic system of it really looks like. Okay, cool. That's all fine. People come to that at different points in their life. It's people that get to be, Wayne's I think 38. There's people that get to be 40, 45, 50 that finally decide, hey, 
I got to do something about this situation. I didn't realize how bad it was. That's cool. My thing is, is that somebody that obviously has that little of a grasp of the inner workings of American society as they relate to race and economics, why do we allow ourselves to care about what they say or who they're voting for? What we have to do, and it's going to be difficult because I am not an, I am not an academic expert on this. These are observations from a guy who is a pseudo-intellectual, right? So it, what we have to do is at some point as a community, as a culture, we have to detach ourselves from giving a fuck about who he's voting for. And we have to remember that the same people that make you dance and the same people that make you feel good about yourself shouldn't be tasked with giving you directions on how you should live your life. It's just not the same thing. And we have to remember that there's also been a situation to where after all of the guys from the 60s and the 70s and the ladies too got their fucking heads blown off for being out front with us, we have now replaced those influencers with entertainers. And any entertainer that's an activist, I promise you the activist is their second job. Of course. You never, ever, ever, ever. There's too many people out there from all spectrums, all walks of life, that being an activist or a politician or a political theory thinker or an economic thinker or an abolitionist, it's their first job. You should care about what they say and less about what Wayne thinks. And that's with all due respect to Wayne. Well, there's a clip going around about with Malcolm X talking about this. Have you seen it? Where he's talking about, he's sitting down and he's talking about the black community is the only community that looks at entertainers and comedians as people that they look up to. And you don't see white people doing that same thing about who are their role models or who necessarily who they respect. And he's basically saying that they're, they're being used to do certain things to influence us a certain way. And that's not the people we should be looking up toward to. And I'm paraphrasing here, sure. but those aren't the people that sh we should be modeling our lives after. And so I think that goes into what you're saying about a Wayne. But that's, but that's what these young kids do. They look at these people who have made it, who have achieved success, and that's what they're trying to emulate. And I think Wayne is what's wrong with a lot of Black people who reach that type of status. They think because they reach that wealth, they or they achieve that wealth, they have certain status that everyone else should be able to do what they did as well. And they're not necessarily reaching back and helping the community in that way. They're just saying you should be able to do it like me. And I'm and this is me referring to the comments that Wayne made about like how he doesn't relate to the Black Lives Matter movement and it in no way affects him. Like he can't he can't connect to it. And I just think that's so wrong. And I don't know if a lot of people realize the certain things that Wayne has said or maybe other people in that position have said. And but yet they want to model their lives after these people when these people don't necessarily have that same respect and regard for them. Do you know what I'm saying? I do understand that. I think that it's important to realize as very well said i think it's also important to realize in situations like that that that's probably an honest statement wayne probably doesn't in any way relate to um even though he was caught up in the carceral system he went to jail right he probably in in no way relates to what's going on on the streets the question is not whether or not you relate to it the question is why aren't you trying to relate to it and so it it 
that's that's the thing, right? There are plenty of situations. Do I relate to I agree. Uh, the abortion issue? I don't know anything about, I can't relate to that at all. But I am trying to relate to it. I am trying because of the common threads in someone that wants freedom to make a decision about their body. Mm-hmm. Well, that I can relate to. I can relate to wanting to be in control of my own body, wanting to be in control of what I do with my body, wanting to be in control of how I govern my body. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. So I don't have to be able to relate to the, the biological components of what's happening, when it happens and how it happens. I think that that's, that's like, you know, that's outside of the sphere of my experience. But I'm trying to relate to that and succeeding in relating to it because it speaks to the human condition. Now, you know, as far as what we're talking about, if Wayne and ourselves and everybody else really wants to help, put people on. Talk to people who who are doing this. And this is the same thing that I, that I told Ye back in the day. I guess he did because he he put Candace Owens on. He brought her to TMZ with her. So I guess, you know, that's, but you know, I'm not telling him how to think. I'm just saying that there are people that, that are kind of devoted to, I'm not saying that she's necessarily one of them, probably a bad idea, probably a bad example. But what I'm saying is when we're here on higher learning, people really wanted us to discuss what's going on in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. We could go on Wikipedia or go on Reuters, Reuters or Al Jazeera or CNN or wherever and regurgitate what we're reading. Right. But Number one, that doesn't create a new voice that needs power in order to change those movements that will still be talking about it when we move on to our election. And number two, the authenticity of that conversation coming from us is lacking. So what people have to do, have to be willing to do sometimes is to bench themselves. Fucking take a break. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, And all of that, there are brilliant people and I'll say their names again. Duray McKesson, Alicia Garza, Philip McHarris, you know what I mean? Tiffany Lofton, Tamika, Myson, you know, like who, whatever you need, they got you. Toronto Burke, you know, whatever you need for, from what, whatever, Mark Lamont Hill, whatever, there are people that study these things. They, this is what they do. They're out, they're out there. This is kind of what they do. So, you know, it's not a fucking rap concert where people are coming there to worship you. They worship you because you can rap. That's it. So, you know, it's different. If you're going to do the work, then do the work. There's guys out there that do the work. Killer Mike do the work. Yeah. There's people that no name do the work. If you're going to do the work, do the work. But you can't part-time this. It's just a weird-ass thing to do. So I'm not even pissed at Wayne. I'm just, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm not pissed at Wayne. I'm just weirded out that this is where we are to where we give a fuck over who he's voting for. And I don't that know goes he, for me. That goes for me, too. I don't know if necessarily it's like I give a fuck about who he's voting for. It's just more of what he's using his platform for. Right. Like, I don't care that he's voting. for. I mean, I I care. Obviously, I don't want to see him vote for Trump, but it's just more of four days before the election. You know how crucial all of this is. Yeah. You want to come out at this point and do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 Um, but you still listen to Wayne? Um. He might still be on my Apple Music, but you might still listen yeah. to him. Wow! So you, so basically, you're you voting <laughs> for Trump. I haven't listened to him. Okay, you're voting for Trump. <laughs> go ahead and put work. Go ahead and create your own narrative. That's going around these days. I'll be honest with you. This has been one of the most problematic 
stretches of rageness in a while. Oh, God. It's been, be honest with you. Do you feel like you're getting more problematic by the day? No. Why do you You think I'm getting more problematic? I mean, you out here fucking flirting with with COVID. (laughs) You definitely at least winked at COVID. They love you, Van. You are full batchy now. (laughs) By the way, not only am I full batchy, I'm a a full batchy because I really wish that they'd have done the election today so that I could watch The Bachelorette tomorrow. (laughs) Because I don't know like, we better win. Biden better win because if Biden loses and I miss the Bachelorette over that shit, I'm gonna be super pissed off. <laughs> it's um, a good episode. It's a good episode. Like, is it is it full clear? Or does Tasha come in? You can't tell. I can't tell you. Damn. Tasha's coming in. What about Dale? What about Dale? Dale's there. I thought, I'm not gonna lie, me and Kalika were driving down La Cienega. <laughs> and and um and I thought I saw Riley. I swear to God. <laughs> you might have. I don't I, know. No, I think he lives in New York. I thought I saw Riley and I made the block. Like I, I <laughs> swear. She was like, like <laughs> she was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm telling you, that nigga right there with the pointy ears <laughs> eating outside. What did you see first? The ears or the arms? I saw the ears, but I couldn't really see the arms. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm gonna make the block. And if he got the ears and the arm, I'm pulling up on this motherfucker. <laughs> If he got the ears and the arms, if he got the ears and the arms, but when I came back around, he had the ears, but not really the arms. His arms were nice, but not Riley got. Riley's arms is jacked. Okay, you got a few favorites from this season. If you could pick one of the guys to come, other than Dale, if you could pick one of the guys to come on the podcast, who do you want? It's Bennett, and it's not even close. Okay, all right. It's Bennett, easy. I've been doing my homework on Bennett. Bennett, (laughs) Bennett. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been doing my homework on Bennett. Bennett, um, Bennett was fucking with Outcast back. Is Bennett from Atlanta? Yeah. Bennett was fucking with Outcast back in the day. He had the AT Alien shit on. Bennett's mom. Did you see that video of Bennett's mom? Uh uh-uh. uh. Bennett's mom is an ally. Bennett, yeah, Bennett, like they. Uh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. We'll, we'll I was have wrong Bennett about on. Bennett. We'll have Bennett, Bennett on the podcast. Do you fuck with Bennett or no? Yeah, we'll get him on the podcast. I'll get him on. Yeah, been at, been at the man. Um, <laughs> look, I, I've got to be honest with you. Like, oh, here it is right here. Bennett, Andrew Jordan. I'm looking at him right now. He look loves him. He loves Look at this motherfucker. <laughs> look at this. This is Bennett. No, no Sunday scaries here. Just smiles, smirks, and the occasional smug look. Looking like a pimp. All Brooks Brothers out. Bennett's the man. See, Bennett is an example of you walk into a situation and you think it's one way and then bam, it turns out to be something oh, different. Oh shit, look at Bennett getting freaking dunking the ball. Look oh at Bennett. God, the obsession. Look at, <laughs> oh my, oh. Look at Bennett. Look at Bennett getting freaking I, on the nigga. Bam, okay. All right, man. That's the man. That's all I'm saying. I can't, I can't wait for him to come on the podcast. That's all I'm saying, man. This is my gift to you. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Uh, so. Um, Lil Wayne is not the only person that has taken the last couple of days to endorse the president. Oh. Brett Favre endorsed the president. Oh. Jay Cutler endorsed the president. Question. Jack Nicholas endorsed the president. After somebody has endorsed President Trump, mm-hmm. are they forever tainted in your mind? For me, at this point, yes. Mm. You know, maybe 2016, you you might have just been like giving somebody a pass. But what we've seen over the last four years, where our country is right now, with the things that President Trump is doing days up before the election, what he's inciting, what he's encouraging, all that kind of stuff. And you want to publicly come mm-hmm. out and say that you're endorsing Trump and you're going to say it with your whole chest. I have a huge problem. Like Brett Favre, we saw pictures of you golfing with Trump. So that's not really right. that big of a surprise. But in light of what the current state of the country is, and you want to come out and say, forget all of that, Trump for 2020, forever changed. But all those people you named, I also don't really have an opinion on either. Mm. Like they, like it doesn't, like Jay Cutler, really? Like I don't, I don't really have an opinion on you regardless. I'm not, surpri- I'm neither surprised or upset at the endorsement. Hmm. Hmm. Do you, is hmm. there, are they forever different in your mind? Yeah, it's probably going to be, I don't, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's. But that goes for everybody. It's probably going to be too much. It's probably going to be too much to come back from. Uh, When I say forever different, I mean, it's just, I'm always going to remember that you went with the empire. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's always, you know, it's all, I'm always going to remember that you, that you, that you sided with fucking Emperor Palpatine and Vader and goddamn, you know, Grandma Tarkin. Like, I'm not, I'm, it, it's just a thing. At this particular point, you know, it's just hard for me to detach. When I read Jack Nicholas, obviously legendary golfer, and he talked about the fact that, um, that he, uh, he, he liked President Trump. He doesn't always agree with President Trump and what he tweets and what he says. But people say that, I wonder if they actually remember what President Trump has tweeted and said. I wonder if people have, rem- if they remember that President Trump has actually, forget about the insults, the, the calls to violence. And there are direct calls to violence, direct calls to violence. Like 
calling to, to beat up protesters. It's a direct call to violence. Like telling cops that he wishes they, they were harder and less gentle on suspects. Like let them bump their heads. Don't be so gentle with them. All of those things. Like just other stuff that, that, that's, that Trump has said and done. Um, it's just, it's weird how much of that you'd let slide. There's it's, so much that, I, and I heard somebody say this today, there's so much that has been done over these last four years that people forget some of the stuff in the beginning and in the middle and maybe only pay attention to some of the stuff at the end, which has still been very bad. But he's done so much when it comes to tweeting or what he said at a rally or, or wherever it may be. Question for you. Yes. Do you look at people who support Trump differently. And by that, I mean, when there's someone who publicly says it, right, publicly endorses Trump versus someone who silently votes for him. Do you look at them the same way? Um, it's a fantastic question. Extra rage. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to, um, I just got a, I got a, I just got an email from Joe Biden. I want to read it. I just got one of these emails. Fuck these emails, by the way. I'm not even gonna lie. Let, let me just read what Joe Biden just said to me. And I'm gonna answer this question right here. It might feel like there's nothing we can do to affect the outcome of the election at this point, but that cannot be further from the truth. This fight isn't over. What we do together in the next 24 hours is critical, and it could ultimately decide the fate of this nation for the next four years. We're so close to the finish line. With your support. I know we can bring this home. As you read this, we need to rush resources to the front lines in important battleground states like North Carolina, Wisconsin, Florida, and Pennsylvania. Where the race is still too close for comfort, I truly wouldn't be asking if it wasn't urgently necessary. So I am humbly, humbly requesting one fire time. Will you please split a $10 donation between my campaign and the DNC? I am about to donate. Right now, $100 to Mr. Joseph R. Biden. Okay. Should I send him a thousand? Should I send him a thousand bucks? Wow. Go send him a thousand. Why not? You already put it out there. Go ahead. Add an extra zero to that. The, the, uh, it's 10, 25, 50, 100, 250, 1,000, and 2,000. I'll send him a thousand bucks. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so see the reason why the reason why your question is so fascinating is because um, before I even answer the question, I gotta say one more thing. You guys, if I see more, if I seem more muted in this episode, there's a reason why. I don't think you guys have any idea how stressed out I am. And as we are doing this podcast, I am on Xanax. Like I could not, I am as nervous and as keyed up as I could have possibly been. I am right now on Xanax. And it, it, I just care so deeply about people's lives and what happens to them. And I know that that sounds fucked up, but I want this season in America to be over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I mm-hmm. want this season to be over. Uh, to your point, there's a difference though. There's a difference when people like outwardly like is sort of endorsed because now they're proselytizing 
um, and trying to get people out there to to do it. Uh, so yeah, probably the louder you are about it, the more the louder my fuck you is. You know? <laughs> um, but but the I guess I'll come back to you at another question in this episode of Van interviews Rach and Rach interviews Van before the end of the for the end of the election. Don't we have to? You're you're from Texas. You lived in Florida. I'm from Louisiana. Okay. There are people in those states that don't agree with us politically. We still want their lives to get better. Is there a point, even with those people that are Trump supporters and have supported the president within our community and without our and outside of our community, don't we at some point have to figure out how we craft policy and how we do things in this country to make sure that they know that we care about their lives. Like all of these people that are flying flags and being assholes and running around doing stuff. Part of the reason that this guy was able to convince, able to do what he was able to do is because they felt like nobody cared about them. Moving forward, the lessons that we've learned from the past, how do we make those people some of whom don't fuck with us. But right. we're just talking about politically. How do we make those people believe that we also care if they have health care and good jobs and all of that stuff? Wait, wait, wait. I guess, well, here's, I guess I'm confused on that because to me, the the most loud, people who are the most loud to me is not because they're they're voting for Trump because he's making their lives better. No, he... No, he's not making their lives better. Right. They think that he makes their lives matter. Like he's not making their yeah. lives better. Like they, and, they and think, the, they the think that they think that they they feel seen. He's so making I'm, their lives matter by making ours not. And right. that's and and oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, my thing is there are full swaths of America, some Trump supporters, some not that we just can't go back to not seeing them. And that a lot of this has to do with the brothers inside of the community that are supporting Trump too. Yeah. These people got to be seen. They got to have some way to get their shit off and feel like they're a part of this thing too. Because if not, you know, if the Democrats take the presidency and then they take the Senate and then you got four years of blue fucking, you're going to get another one of these guys that comes along and the country just can't keep teeter-tattering like this until it, 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 it fractures. I guess that's what I don't see on the other side. On the Democrat side, I don't see them saying, trying to put down these people's lives. How to try? I don't feel them saying that their lives matter. To me, it's all about, you know, racial equality and social justice. And it's just about making this country a better place. It's not about saying you're not as important or your life doesn't matter. And if you see it that way, then you're not getting the message and you're not seeing what they're really trying to do. That's how I feel. So I guess I don't look at it in a way of, you know, how do I make you feel you matter? I almost feel like with those people, those people who are so loud, it's a lost cause because you're not getting it. You're not seeing it. Huh. And the only way that you're going to see it is if something within you changes because you're not listening to the message just being put out there. Nobody's telling you you don't matter. Nobody's saying they don't want you to have the same rights. It's all about equality. And they don't see it that way. So how do you change their perception? I, you can't. It, with those people, they're, they've gone too far. 
I'm talking about think, the loud ones. You, you don't think that there's a group of Americans out here, some black, some white, some Latino, that during the that during the Obama years or the years around that where the rest of us had this sort of uh, society that we thought was quasi ideal and and uh, that that felt like they were losing something. And but what was were no they losing? Over. I mean, but here's the thing, though. It's I'm not saying that I'm not saying that it was valid. I'm not saying that it was it was it was valid. What I'm saying is that how do we make sure those people know that they are included in this? There's got to be some we like we can't pretend like you know. And by the way, this also goes to sort of the movement towards Trump inside of the uh, the black community. You know, as far as some of these brothers, like, what can I, like, what, what do we, how do we make sure they know that there's a seat at the table? So yeah. how, so I guess the question I would ask those people on the other side is, why do you feel excluded? Is it because they're, we're fighting for things that are liberal? Is it because it's, we're pro-choice? Is it because, you know what I mean? Like immigration? Or is it because you're a fucking racist and you don't want to share your community exactly. with blacks and gays and transgenders? Exactly. Yeah. You don't want everybody to have a seat at the table. That's why I say they're too far gone. How do you change that? You really can't. Not with policy, not by example. It's got to be something from within. Well, the first thing we got to do, and I hope that we can do this, is keep people working. Let's get people working. Now, you know, we're about to go in a second, but I, I do want to say this, that it's going to be important that regular Americans can make a living wage. And when I say that, I mean, all of these companies that we love, I just order something from Amazon, man. Almost everything that I'm, these lights got sent to me via Amazon. There's all of this stuff, is Amazon, 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 Amazon. Like all of these corporations, they're great. They're, they're, they're amazing. But at some point for them to pay zero tax rates, they're going to have to reinvest into America and not mm-hmm. just the New Yorks and the South Floridas and the Southern LAs. Like, I need Detroit to get busy. I need Baton Rouge to get busy. I need the Appalachians to get busy. I need Pensacola to get busy. I need Tuscaloosa to get busy. You know what I'm saying? I need places in Kansas and Iowa and Richmond, Virginia to get busy. I need black brown, white, red, all kinds of people like that, the average Americans that make these that that make these corporations go, that buy all of this stuff, that create I need we need to get busy. And there needs to be a real look at the economic situation in America um that has really sort of persisted since the 70s when financial speculation became a way that you can make super wealth in this country. And it's it's just we cannot keep going with one percent of the one percent owning half yeah. the fucking stock market. Yeah, it just doesn't work. You know, yeah. Man, get your get your dad on that, man. This nigga rich. Oh, cause what? Get him on it. Like, <laughs> okay. Is he? Is your, dad, is your pops rich? Yes or no. no? No. He's a federal judge. What did they make? He's a government uh, employee. You can look mi- that up. That ain't rich. Nah, he rich. Go he rich. look it up. I, government employees. Ain't rich who at is your, all. Who is my, your dad actually, my dad actually took a pay cut to be a federal judge when he was city attorney of Dallas. Who, your dad? Your, whoa, 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 whoa! Your daddy was the DA. 
No, not the DA, the city attorney. So what he's the not fuck an elected. Si- what is the city attorney? So there's, a, there's elected officials, the DA, uh-huh. the district attorney, you deal with criminal issues. There's the city attorney who deals with when the city gets sued or, you know, wow. like anything runs every, every, sees all the, yeah. And then there's a bunch of assistant city attorneys under him. So similar to the DA, but it's on uh, the city. So you're, so somebody would sue the city because there was bad water or something like that. And it's my like, dad's office that would. And then yeah. your dad would come in and be like, "Fuck your water, man." No, we no. like your dad. Your dad would come in. No, people. Do you ever see that? It's movie? a legal issue. He ain't a politician. Did you ever <laughs> see that that movie Gasland, where it was motherfuckers in Texas because no. of fracking that was lighting their water on fire? <laughs> Rachel's dad would be the one to be like, "Hey, these are lies." Hey, no. Drink the gasoline. Okay. That, <laughs> that is not a legal issue, people. So your dad, your dad not, is your dad has never told somebody. See, if you're someone sues the city, you're saying your father's never told somebody to drink gasoline before. Uh, that would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> drink gasoline. That gasoline shit was crazy. Um. All right. Well, uh, we we need to end. Because I, I'm so glad that you shared with people what you're, what's your, what you're going through because I feel like you've gotten progressively worse on this podcast. You think I've, I've lost it? Yeah, I got, I've yeah, gotten yeah, loopier? Yeah, yeah. I've watched it. I'm watching got, it happen. You, you're watching me get loopier yeah, as yeah. the medicine sets in? Yeah, I don't it's, give a fuck. it's set in. I got like, <laughs> See what I'm saying, like, y'all? Like, I, I, I have an anxiety disorder and I won't, I won't let it destroy me. But I will tell you this, though. I will say this. You guys get out and vote. Okay. Y'all didn't vote. Also, I've told you guys this before, and I'll say it the last time. Stop snitching on Rachel to me. Rachel is my sister. I'm being serious. Thought words. I want you to listen. I'm being serious. Stop snitching. All y'all do is fucking snitch. Rachel had easy on the fucking podcast. Y'all snitched. Rachel had some other chick on the podcast. Y'all snitched. Rachel went to a Halloween party and she was dancing on tables when there was 100,000 people in the room. Y'all snitched. I'm telling y'all, this is my ace over here. Stop snitching on Rachel. What the fuck are you guys doing? Oh, like, well, seriously. Thank you, man. man. Thank All you. Right. All right. You got anything else? No. Very well said. All right. We will see you on the other side. You know, do what do what you need to do to get through tomorrow and the day after. We will Mm. talk to you guys Friday. You'll hear from us again. Um, I can't tell you how we're gonna be. I can't tell you how we're gonna be because a lot's gonna happen between now and the next time we talk to you. But y'all be well and y'all be safe. Nothing else from me. Take your thing caps off, no side of learning. I'm Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. Peace.